Praise God. We're going to finish up. I'm hesitant to say that this will be the end, but I sense in my heart that we're coming to the end. It'll either be tonight or or maybe one more service next week, but I sense that we're coming to the end. Um, I was going to quit this a number of sermons ago, but the Lord said, You're, it's not deep enough in your people yet. Keep talking about the anointing to prosper. And so and increase and blessing and finances and and all that kind of stuff. So in obedience to him, I continue teaching that for a number more times. And again, I I sense now in my spirit more of a release that we're coming a little bit to the end of that. Either we'll finish it tonight or it might bleed over one more service next week. We'll just see how far we get. But I'd like you to turn with me, please, if if you'd be so kind. There's a few verses um, that I just turn me down just a little bit, Brother Peter, if you wouldn't mind. There's a few verses that I wanted to share with you. And remember, the Lord had said to me, uh, thank you for your anointing and your help, Father. Thank you for the anointing to make uh, what I say uh, easy to understand, easy to apply, and easy to listen to. Thank you that it's easy to deliver it because of the anointing. And we lean upon that anointing fully and completely, and I yield my vessel to you. I thank you, Father, for revelation, knowledge, and truth, like a river to flow, according to Ephesians 1.17, that they would not just see the word, but they would see the Spirit of God speaking to them through the word, and that it would become revelation to them with rhema, and that faith would be the result, and victory, therefore, would be the result, because this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So, Lord, it all comes back to your word, because if we don't have revelation into your word, we don't have faith. And if we don't have faith, we don't have victory. So, Lord, we thank you that the word must give us revelation by the Holy Ghost in order to have faith, in order to have victory. So we thank you that it comes back to your word and the anointing on your word. It's that rock and the fire coming out from within the rock. So I thank you for it, Lord, as we look at a number of scriptures tonight. And like I said, Father, I sense in my spirit we're coming to the end. I don't know if it's tonight or if it will be next week, but we're coming to the end of this teaching and the series um, and that there'll be a, another focus after this that you want the people to, to follow with me on. But Lord, uh, let's not disconnect. I thank you that they don't disconnect connect and I don't disconnect obviously and that father there's still more that you want to impart to us that you want to plant in us about this important subject of prosperity because you said that statement to me the anointing is on you to prosper so Lord I thank you the anointing in Hebron is on us to prosper and we give you praise and glory for it in Jesus name now you remember brothers and sisters that we uh, I had taught and then the Lord said go back it's not deep enough. And I went back and he said, go back to the beginning. Some of them don't even believe I want. They don't think they're worthy of it. They don't think, they don't realize that they can't accept the fact that I want to prosper them. They don't think that they qualify. They want their kids and other people. They don't have a problem with that, but they don't. Remember, we dealt with that, I think a couple Wednesdays ago and, and, and that hard ground, that first kind of soil where the word can't even penetrate, the seed can't even get down. That had to be broken up. And I believe that people got free. And if you're still feeling that, go back and I can't re- do it all the time. I can't keep repeating it or would never make forward progress. So if you're still feeling that, the anointing on that message back a couple weeks ago on Wednesday where I taught about you are worthy of being blessed. That anointing on that message is still just alive today, even though it's a recording, even though it's in the past, there's still an anointing on it and it's just as powerful today as it was the night I preached it. And if you have an open, hungry heart, that anointing will come in and set you free. Praise God. So we dealt with that. Then the Lord said, go back to the beginning. 
if, if, if they know now that I want to prosper them, which was the first thing, go back and share with them the two principles from that little book by Dad Hagen. He said, you remember the story with Randy? And I said, yes, Lord. And I shared all that with you. And then remember, we said there's three categories. There's God, the devil, and us. And we already established that God wants to prosper us and that God wants you individually blessed. And then what's the devil's role? We read it from the little mini book. His role is to stop what God wants. Don't, 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 don't get confused and get, get unskillful and start to say, well, Lord, you know, when you're ready, you'll bless me. That's, that's a bunch of bunk, junk, and hogwash, and it will rob you, and you'll continue doing without. You don't wait on God before you release your faith. You wait on God after you release your faith. And so you, you, the devil wants to stop this thing from coming, this increase to come. So that's the devil's side. Your side is to release your faith. Those eight C's I gave you are simply uh, a, a, an explanation of the rainbow, so to speak, of releasing your faith. Different mechanics of that of that violent taking it by force, releasing your faith. So you gotta, you gotta do those things. You gotta claim it. Remember the next thing, command the devil to take his hands off. Charge the angels to go and cause it to come to pass. Celebrate and praise and glorify God. Call the thing that be not as though it is. Praise God after calling, don't con consider Jesus and don't consider the circumstances. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Remember Hebrews chapter two, uh, ch chapter 12 verse three, considering him, considering him. So keep your eyes on him and don't consider your body Romans 4, don't consider the problem, consider him. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Amen. Number, number seven is cast your care because even if your eyes are on the Lord, sometimes thoughts still come. That's the intimidation tactic of the devil. That's the roar. If you take the thought and worse, if you take it and say it, he will devour you because he's seeking whom he may devour. But you don't have to take the intimidation. You don't have to yield to the thought. You just cast that thought, cast that care out loud with your mouth. Father, I cast the care over onto you. So we've got to call and we've got to consider and we've got to cast and then corresponding action, do natural things, physical acts of whatever the Holy Ghost prompts you to do, because remember, James 2 says, without corresponding action, faith is void of power. You've got to have works. You've got to have actions to your faith. And so these are areas that we're releasing our faith. But you wait on God after you've released your faith. Once you've done this and you've released your faith, then you enter into rest. Then you enter into the season of, I'm waiting on you to manifest it now, Father. I can't do the manifesting. I can't bring it to pass. That's your side. My side is to believe you and praise you. So Lord, I'm believing you. I'm calling it. I'm not worrying. I'm praising you. It's all coming to pass. That's the waiting. That's the patience of faith. That's what James 1 talks about, the patience that you'll be perfect and lacking, with, with, not lacking anything, perfect and complete. Because as you continue to praise him while you wait for him to manifest it, there is a season where you are having to praise a lot, where you're having to wait, where you're having to be patient. But the longer it takes for God to manifest it, the more patience you've exercised, the more faith you've exercised. That's why the Bible says it's good that it's 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 good that you exercise your patience because it makes you full and complete, lacking nothing. If somebody that understands the patience of faith uh, is is better off than it just happening instantly every time. There's a it's a good thing. We like it to happen instantly, but most times it doesn't. When it does, praise God for it. But it's it's a good. It's a good practice for us spiritually. It's a good habit spiritually for us to get into where we have to wait a while and stand our ground and not quit and speak right and not get into doubt and unbelief and praise him and stand our ground and praise him and stand our ground and be patient until it manifests. That season of waiting on God patiently strengthens you. 
then the next time you have to believe God for something, you've got some patience that has had its perfect work, like James 1 says, and, 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 and then the weight doesn't bother you because you know how to handle the weight. So I'm saying all that to say this, the waiting on God patiently is after you've released your faith. It's never before, well, Lord, I'm just waiting whenever you want to do it, whenever you want to bless me, whenever you think I'm ready, whenever you think I'm worthy, Lord, whenever you would, whenever, that's a bunch of junk. That's not scriptural. It sounds so religious, but, and you heard somebody that maybe you respect say it, but just because you heard that somebody say it doesn't mean it's right. It's not in the Bible. And if it's not in the Bible, we don't do it. Nowhere does it say that you're supposed to talk to God like that when it comes comes to definite requests, definite requests, specific needs like money and like jobs and like this kind of material stuff. Those are definite requests and they require, according to scripture, the prayer of faith. That is a specific claiming it and believing you receive it at the time that you pray, Mark eleven twenty four. So you don't just wait on God arbitrarily. You'll wait till the rapture and you'll miss out from now till then. You don't do that. You, you lay hold and you claim and you believe you receive by faith. That's what you do. Then you have to come into the season of waiting on him patiently while you wait for him to manifest it. But you always release your faith first. Amen. I hope that helps you. So I've shared a little bit about these things and about we understand God's role. We understand the devil's role. We understand our role. Amen. I give you some stories in my practical life, personal life, about purchasing certain things by faith, about like the tractor, about being led by the spirit, like the BMW situation that I was talking about the motorcycle and about how skipping, skipping, skipping one and two and going right to the angels. It doesn't work that way because you've got to release your faith. Angels are working not just because you say, but because you're you're walking in faith and you're doing it the way that God has said to do it in the Bible. Remember, he said, ask and you shall find. He said, he said, if you ask not, you'll have not. Amen. And so we're told to ask him. He said, ask the father anything in my name. I'll give it to you. Remember first John five, four, this is a confidence we have in him that if we ask anything, you've got to ask, you've got to, what is asking? It's Mark eleven twenty four. It's what's everything you desire. Believe you receive it. Father, I desire this. I lay hold of it. I claim it. And I believe I've got it now. I don't see it. I don't feel it. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I know I got it. Praise God. Because faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. It's the guaranteed proof that you've got it even though you can't see it. Hebrews 11 verse 1. So I've, I've been talking to you about these basic, these are basic things. These are, they're powerful. I'm not lessening them, but they are fairly basic doctrine that I've been, I've been hammering away. But obviously the Lord knows that there's some folks that are watching that need a refresher. And some of you, you just, it's for some reason, it didn't get through before, but it's getting into you now for the first time. Or maybe you had it and you lost it. You, you, you let it go. Remember Hebrews uh, 1 Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 it says uh, we got to hold on to these things lest at any time we let them slip away it's easy to let certain revelations slip past us and and we get tired and we forgetful that's why we got to keep things simple and we got to keep repeating it (laughs) I'm telling you that's why Paul said in in, in Philippians I believe it's chapter 3 verse 1 or 2 somewhere in there he said it's not irksome for me to repeat it but it's for your safety you got to keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it and you got to keep saying it from different angles so that everybody with their own unique personality and bent can catch it. And you've got to keep it simple, simple, simple. Because if it's too complicated or too long and drawn out or too many steps, people will not remember it. You've got to rem- Listen, those eight C's, they're memorized for me. I don't have to look at notes. 
I, I, I know what to do and I know the order in which to do it. Praise God. You got to get to the place where it's in you. It's not just a sermon that's on your notebook. It's the notebook gets in your heart and it, you're living it. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're living it. Glory to God. I'm telling you, there, there, shouldn't, every, there shouldn't be a day that passes where you're not doing those eight C's. I'm serious about it. Whether it's something that you've been believing God and you are repeating, praise God, some things you don't have to repeat, but the praise side you do, the calling side you do, many times the considering you do have to repeat depending on the attack you're under, and many times the casting your care you have to repeat depending on the attack you're under, praise God. But, there, but there's, there's, a, there's a repetition, a day should never go by that you're not releasing your faith for something. And if it's not something that you've already believed for in the past that hasn't come to pass, yet, but you're standing your ground. There are new things every day to believe God for, to release your faith for. Praise God. So you should always be laying hold and claiming. You should always be telling the devil to take his hands off. You should always be releasing those mighty angels to help you. You should always be praising. You should always be calling. You should always be looking at him and not the problem. You should always be casting that fear and concern and worry and nervousness over onto your father. You should always be acting as the spirit of God prompts you because faith without corresponding action is void of power. Amen. It's dead. It, oh, it's happening. It should, it's a flow. It's not just eight things on a piece of paper that you're trying to memorize. It's a flow. It comes out of you. It just, it's a flow. Praise God. Amen. It should, it should be happening on a regular basis. I'd like to say every day because for me, it's every day. Maybe I don't want to make people feel bad. If maybe you're not doing it every day, then at least every other day, but every day you should be believing God for something every day. There's a miracle that God wants and in, a, a help, a blessing that God wants to get over to you. I remember every and Greg was talking to me recently about a book that he was reading that he's read before, but it just really hit him harder this time by revelation knowledge, uh, about Oral Roberts teaching about seed, seed time and harvest. And it's such a, a simple, it's such a simple revelation, but so profound. And, 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 and God started to deal with him because one part in that book, brother Oral Roberts was saying, you need to believe God and expect God to do something for you every day, every day, expect God to, to do something. Now he would say, expect a miracle. Now, a miracle is an, is an intervention into the ordinary course of nature. And so, praise God, we can believe for financial miracles, healing miracles, whatever. Uh, but, you know, it, it might not always be on the caliber and on the magnificence and on the dramaticness of a miracle. He would say it like that. And so I don't want to lessen what he said. But, but if I could make it a little bit more day-to-day -day living for us, you might not get a miracle, a bona fide miracle every day, because most of us don't. But let's put it this way. Maybe this is a little bit more easy for you to swallow. God wants to answer prayers every day. He's got something in store for you every day. He wants to help you and bless you and prosper you and increase you every day. He's got answers for you and rescues for you and clarity for you and specifics for you every day. God wants to bless and help you in whatever area you need every day, every day. And if you want to lay hold and say, God has got a miracle for me every day, then according to your faith, be it unto you. But I can tell you something, whether it's a bona fide miracle or not, God's got something for you every day, whether it's a miracle or whether it's just his voice or him speaking to you or showing you something. He wants to involve himself in your daily affairs every single day. No exceptions, no holidays, no statutory holidays in the spirit, no vacations in the spirit, no backsliding days. You know, you don't take days off every day. You're connected with him every day, week in, month in, month out, year in, year out. Your father is 
dealing with you, is getting answers to you, is helping you, and yes, is bringing miracles. But like Brother Robert said, if you don't expect it, if you don't anticipate it, if you don't expect it to happen, it won't happen. So what is the expecting? When you lay hold and you say, Father, I believe I received this, you are expecting, you've taken it by faith, you're expecting it now, God to manifest it in the natural, you're expecting him to do it for you. So if, you, if, if we could say it this way, he told us, expect a miracle every day. What I'm saying is expect God to do something for you every day. But if you're expecting, expecting is faith. If you're expecting, you are speaking, you are claiming, you are aggressive, that violent faith, you are laying hold. If you're expecting, you're calling. If you're expecting, you're praising. If you're expecting, you're anticipating. All these eight C's are in their own way. It is faith. And what is expectation? Faith. So these eight C's are like, we could say, an expectation of what God's about to do. But if you don't expect it, if you don't anticipate it, if you don't wake up in the morning and say, Father, I have no idea what an adventure this is going to be today, but you've got something for me today. Glory to God. And I thank you that you've got a blessing waiting for me. You've got an answer waiting for me. You've got increase somewhere for me. You've got a miracle that's going to happen. You've got answers for me. You've got something that you're going to put in my path that I can bless and maybe even lead to Jesus. Maybe even lay my hands on them and get them healed. Maybe tell them about promise of life and that they need to come and sit and feed under the word. Lord, I don't know, but you got something. You're probably more than one because God is so much bigger than us. We say one, but he's got 12. You got, you got stuff for me today. I expect to receive it in Jesus' name. I position myself in your presence. Now, Lord, get over to me what you need to. And then when you're believing God for some particular things, lay hold, release your faith, be aggressive, be be expectant that what you've asked him for is going to happen. Praise God. Every day, wake up expecting God to manifest something for you. Whether you've been believing it for a long time or whether you're believing it for that day. And like Jesse DePlante says many times, just because of his goodness, even though we're not even expecting it from the perspective of we haven't even released our faith because we don't even know it exists, God would just surprise us with stuff. I mean, that's, that's a whole nother level. That's a whole nother category. People say, I want God to surprise me. Well, it starts with using your faith and believing him and expecting him to do things for you. Once you get that a bit more solid in your life and that's your regular daily living, then don't be surprised when all of a sudden he just blesses you with that and surprises you. And I tell you, I tell you, today he surprised me with something. I, I, I didn't see it coming. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know. I didn't know. And he had said earlier in the year to me that uh, I'm going to give you something. And I said, well, I don't know how that's possible. And I don't know when or how or whatever, Lord. I, you know, I, I didn't really release my faith for it, to be honest with you. Uh, but he just surprised me. It just showed up today. Praise God. And, and it was a blessing to my wife and I. Nothing major, but it was a blessing to my wife and I. It, it may not be major to you, but, but it, it blessed me. Hallelujah. It, it, God did something for me today. Amen. And, and I wasn't even aggressively releasing my faith. I wasn't even expecting it. But I'm, ex I'm, 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 I'm doing what I know to do. I'm believing my, releasing my faith, believing God in my sphere regularly, constantly expecting, like Oral Roberts said, believing God for an intervention, for believing for answers, miracles, help. I do that every day. But every now and then, God will, even though I'm not releasing my faith for something, because he knows that I am on a regular basis operating in the laws of faith.
God sometimes will just overwhelm you and he'll just give you something you didn't even ask him for. He'll just give you something you didn't even believe him for. He'll give you something you didn't expect. It's called a surprise. When you don't expect something and it comes, it's a surprise. Amen. Like a surprise birthday party. They say, you know, happy birthday and you're shocked and you, you didn't expect it. Well, when you don't expect something, it's called a surprise. Now we need to expect things from God every day and get into the flow of faith. But God is so beautiful and so kind that even though we're expecting him in all these areas, there's other things that we're not even believing him for or expecting that he's already got planned to give you just because he loves you and just because he's giving you extra, like he's saying this, I see you're believing me for all these things and I'm so proud of you that you're, I'm so pleased with you that you're, that you're walking in the laws of faith. You haven't even asked me for this. You don't even believe me for this. You don't even expect this. You don't even know it's coming. I'm just giving it to you because I love you. And I'm so, I'm so pleased with how you're living your life. Boom. There, there's a surprise. Boom. There's a surprise. Boom. There's a surprise. I'm telling you. God doesn't just want us to expect him to do things that we're releasing faith for, but he also wants to just surprise us with blessings and with help. Amen. But it starts by getting aggressive in your expectation and your anticipation. God is going to do something for me today. Hallelujah. And can we also say this? I am going to do something for God today. See, we get into this receiving mode and that's faith. Faith receives. It's right. But let's also remember that God wants us to also be his instruments in his hands in the earth. So not on one side, Father, I'm believing that you're going to do something for me today. I'm expecting a miracle. I'm believing for answers. I'm believing for help and rescue. You've got something for me today. And I'm not going to sleep tonight till I've got at least something. And every day he'll give you something. But now let's flip the coin. Father, not only am I in a receiving mode from you today, I'm, I, I believe I expect you to do something for me. But Lord, I want to be used by you to do something on your behalf for somebody else. Speak to me to pray for somebody. Speak to me to sow into somebody. Speak to me to lay hands on somebody. Speak to me to witness to somebody. Lord, touch my heart. Put a face up before me. I'll text them. I'll go on social media. I'll call them. I'll email them. I'll do something to encourage them. See, we're always in an expectation to receive, but let's also every day be in an expectation to be used. An inflow from God and then an outflow from God through us into others. Oh, that's the fulfilling life. Remember the Bible says it's more blessed to give. Praise God. Amen. Because when you're giving, you're sowing. Praise God. You're, you're planting seed. When you're receiving, you're not planting seed, but you're getting a harvest and we need that too. Let's get into the receiving mode, but let's get into the sowing mode every day. And I don't just mean money. I mean, there is so, I feel the anointing on me as I'm talking. It's not even in my notes, uh, but I feel the anointing on me to say this. It's not always just about money. Your prayer for somebody that God prompts you is you, God using you to do something for somebody else. He's using you to help somebody. His power is flowing you to aid somebody. He can use you to help somebody just by praying for them, just by giving them a word of encouragement, by witnessing to somebody that may not be saved, by sending a, a, a little word of greeting, a word of encouragement. Sometimes you have no idea those that like, can I be honest with you? And I'm not, you know, so many of you, you know, you, you, you'll come by, you'll say hi. You know, if I'm in the office, I might see you. Usually I'm not, but, but, uh, or you'll, you'll send something to the staff and they'll read it to me, or you'll send me something, you know, if you've got my email or to update PC or whatever, or a text. And, and, and many of you have been such a wonderful encouragement. I can't, I can't tell you, but every now and then there'll just be something, uh, 
all the encouragement is appreciated, but there'll be something that God puts his finger on. He'll just highlight something. And like, like that, that email that from Audrey, and, and he spoke. He spoke to me through the email. Praise God. That was a deep encouragement. Uh, that I felt that. I felt just a lightness. I felt the anointing help me that day when I read those words. And I've read thousands of words, and they're all good. But every now and then, God will highlight something. He's speaking to me through somebody. Well, you know, that, you know what? God used that lady, Audrey, that day. Remember, I said, not just receiving, but Lord, help me to be a blessing to others. Well, God flowed through her, in, in, uh, influenced her as she wrote that, flowed through her and moved through her through a simple email that when I read it, the Spirit of God came on me as I read it. It wouldn't have worked the same if the Spirit of God didn't come on me, but the Spirit of God used those words because he, he caused her to write those words. It was a plan. It was a strategy from heaven. So God used her to help her pastor. Praise God. That was a blessing. Well, God can use you to help somebody in the congregation, to help somebody on the staff, to help somebody in your work, to help an unsafe person, to be a blessing. In other words, Father, we expect to receive from you today. And let's get into that mode of receiving because what I've been teaching is all about God wants to bless us. He wants to prosper us. You've got to get into that receiving mode, but not just that balance it now with Lord flow through me. Let not just be me, be a receiver. Let me be a conduit. Let me be a giver. Let me be a prayer. Let me be an encourager who Lord, you're going to, you got such, you got something for me today. I fully expect before I go to sleep, I'm going to get all you have for me, but Lord, you also have something through me to be a blessing to other people. I fully expect before I put my head on the pillow tonight that I'm going to have accomplished what your plan was through me to be a blessing to other people that I meet or that you bring up before me as I just bring up faces, bring up names. And Lord, I'll, I may not always call them or text them, but I'll pray for them. Praise God. If you prompt me, I'll call them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Happened with my wife uh, this morning with another minister. I won't say who, but there was another minister that uh, God gave her a dream about that minister. And so, and she woke up, she said, I have to send that minister an email or a text or something. I got to encourage them. I know I've got to do it. I've got to encourage them. And I said, honey, that's a, that's a spiritual dream. Now, don't get weird with dreams because most of them are not spiritual. But in that case, it was a spiritual dream. And God was telling through that he was Help, instructing her, reach out to that person and, and, and say something. And so she did, praise God. Well, you see, God didn't just bless her, but God was using her to bless other people. So there's, a, there's two sides to the coin and we need both sides, amen. We've been emphasizing more of late about the side of the coin about receiving because I find a lot of people are very good at giving, but when it comes to receiving from God, they don't know how or they don't think they're worthy or they don't think that they deserve it. So we've tried to deal with that, that problem. And then they don't know how they don't know how to release their faith. They don't know how to pray and they don't know the devil's role in it. So we've tried to address this scripturally so that you know God wants you blessed. You individually. The devil wants to stop it and he's there to abort that, that blessing that God's put on the earth for his kids. The devil's trying to stop that. But what is our role? Our role is to have authority and release our faith and we do it by these eight C's. Praise God. And then we wait on him in patience and praise until it manifests. Amen. I just felt by the Holy Ghost, he prompted me, just push pause on that on that what you're teaching about receiving and just remind the people that there's another side to the coin. It's not just receiving, ex anticipating and expecting God to do things. It's also expecting God to do things through you to help other people. Be not just, not just always to receive. Yes, be to receive, but also, Lord, how can I, how can I, how can I, who can I, what can I do? 
Wow, can I pray? Who can I be a blessing to? Get into that mode. I'm telling you, it makes your life that much more colorful, that much more adventurous, that much more fulfilling, that much more exciting. When you know before you hit the pillow, two things happen today. One, God got stuff over to me because I'm expecting and I believe I receive. And look at all the things he did for me today. And two, second category, God used me to help somebody else. Look at all the people today, Father, that I prayed for, how many I reached out to. I helped this lady. I gave this money to this person. I did this. And Lord, I've received something, and I've given something. I've received something, and I've given something. I'm so grateful, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I came up to a stop sign. There was a homeless man. You know how they walk by the cars, and, and uh, you know, a lot of people ignore them, and some people give them. And... Uh, uh, I, I, I just thought to myself, Lord, I don't want to, I don't want to be bothered right now. And, and anyway, he should get a job, you know. And, and I felt the Holy Ghost correct me. And he said, son, you have no idea what that man's gone through. And you have no idea his past. And it's not your place to judge him. It's your place to bless him. He said, pull out your wallet, give him something. And, I, and normally I give a quarter, but that time I gave like a, like a paper bill. 20 bucks <laughs> because God said to do it. And, 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 and he God taught me something. We are so quick to judge. Now, I know that there's obviously problems, mental problems, demonic problems, maybe laziness, carnality, you know, lack of work ethic. I'm sure all of that has to play. But I'm just saying that we are so quick to pass judgment on people because things aren't going well for them. And a lot of times, God just wants us to help them. God wants us to pray for them, maybe say something to them to encourage them. And occasionally, if he prompts us, and only if he prompts you, to give something. Because he wants us to get into the attitude of not judging and de but to, Jesus didn't do that, but to give. Remember, I said God wants to bless you, but he also wants to bless others through you. Amen. Praise God. And so he wants to work through us to help people. Praise the Lord. And it feels so good. It's so rewarding. It's so fulfilling when God uses little old me, little old you, little old us, and he flows through us to be a blessing. I know this is so simple what I'm teaching tonight, but I felt the Lord prompt me, say, push pause on the receiving and talk to them about giving for a second, because there's so many of them that I want to bless people through them, but they're, they're, not, they're not aware they were not aware. They just kind of go with blinders on. Get the blinders off. Believe every day that you're going to receive what God has for you and release your faith expectantly for a miracle. But also believe that God's going to use you to help others so that when you lie on bed at night, you say, Father, look what you've done for me and look what you did through me for others. Look what you've done for me and look what you did through me for others. Thank you, Father. I'm so grateful. Hallelujah. Remember, the dead sees dead because... It has an inflow, but it has no outflow. And the, and the Sea of Gennesaret, the, the, lake, the, 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 the Sea of Galilee is alive because the Jordan comes from the top and it comes out the bottom. God doesn't just want to flow into you and bless you. He wants to flow through you and be a blessing to others. It keeps the right flow in our life when we're not just receiving, but we're giving. Praise God. And not just financially, but in every way. Prayer is a big one. Encouragement is a big one, especially now during this unusual season where people are alone and isolated. Why don't you start
start thinking. If you don't know who, then call the staff and just say, you know, give me a list of a few people that live on their own just so I can pray for them. Just so once in a while I can give them a call and encourage them. You know, it shouldn't just be our staff that's reaching out with calling. It should be people in the congregation. And, and this, is, this is happening. I'm not just correcting you. Some of you could do a lot more. Some of you don't do anything. It's just you. So you need to be corrected tonight that you need to be thinking about how to bless others. But many people I know have been doing this. Somebody comes up in their heart, they call them. Somebody comes up, like I said to one of the staff, I said, has anybody gone to see Dan and Hannah with their beautiful little baby, Alexandria? You know, they're both, both sets of grandparents are on the other side of the border. They're alone. I know what it felt like to be, you know, a new parent. And now they've got the COVID thing on top. And I was so happy when I heard the staff tell me, oh, pastor, this person went to see them. And that person called and went to see them. And all these people, see, God was putting, bringing their faces and their names up before congregation members. And they would just call and they would just sometimes bless them. And they would send a note of encouragement or they'd say, can I come over? I'll bring you some, I'll bring you a coffee. Can I come over and just, just sit with you and talk to you? And I was so happy to hear that, that, that precious couple with all the, all the stuff of a new baby haven't been alone. But I'm telling you, there's probably many other congregation members that are, that are in equal need of fellowship, but they have been alone. Praise God. So it's important that we reach out and that we help and that we're thinking of other people. Very, very, very important. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm just trying to figure out where, where I go if I, if I step into this. Um, if I step into this or not. Well, let's just, let's just turn to one verse and we'll just see where we go. It's already 8.46. I don't want to, I want to be done by nine o'clock. So, um, so uh, actually, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that, Lord, because it's going to take me into another, another flow. Um, I just sense that what I've shared tonight, uh, even though I didn't get into all my notes, but I just shared some simple things from my heart. I believe the Holy Ghost has been on that. Praise God. A little bit about praise and the power of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. A little refresher and an and overview of what we've been talking about lately. And a reminder that you don't wait for God before you release your faith. You release your faith, you wait for God afterward. And he'll manifest it. And then important by the Holy Ghost that God doesn't just want to bless you. He wants you to expect aggressively like all Roberts taught us, but he wants you to also be a conduit to help other people that are in need of encouragement. There are so many that are in need of encouragement. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There are some verses that he said, give the people some scriptural reference about how, how I want to bless them, how I want to prosper them, not just spiritually, but material, financial, uh, wealth and prosperity. It's all the way through the Bible, Old and New Testament. And so he told me when he said, they're not done. You think you're done, but there's not deep enough in their hearts yet. When he said that to me and he said, now you, you keep teaching along this line. He, he gave me some scriptures to read to you. And I've been so focused on, on, on the flow of the spirit and how he's having me deliver this. I haven't got to all those verses yet. That's what I was considering. Should I get into the thick and the thick of those verses now? But I, I just know with 12 minutes left that uh, I can't really get into it. And then I'm going to get into the, see, God will honor it. The anointing will come on me as I do, but I, I just, I, I, I can't, I can't go the distance. It will take me to 9.30. And uh, we have the e-conference in, in Calgary that's starting in a few minutes. I know some folks had said that they wanted to watch. Um, and so I want to end at 9 so that if you wanted to watch, you can tune in because it's 7 o'clock there in Calgary time. And, uh, and you, can be a, you can watch your pastor uh, teaching 
I'm teaching from the book of Judges chapter 6. And so it will be a blessing to you. Amen. So I want to finish on time for that reason. And if I start now, I'm just going to take off for another, another round the airport. Praise God until we're ready to land again. And then that will be 930 and we'll miss the start of that conference. So praise God. I'm going to, I'm going to clue it up here. But I just kind of, I want to encourage you congregation that you're stronger than you think. There's more of God in you than you realize. I'm telling you, I'm speaking to you by the Spirit. I'm not just speaking to one person, I'm speaking to all of you. You, you. God has put in you, all of you, a spirit of faith because you have sat under this ministry. I am the furthest thing from perfect there is, but there is one thing that I do have, and that is I love God, and He's first in my life. I really do. I'll never quit on Him as long as I live, ever. My heart and my motives are right for being in the ministry. He's blessing me. And he's blessing my family and he's blessing the members of this church. He loves to bless us. But my motive is not for the blessing. My motive is for him. And I've passed those tests over the decades with him. Praise God. I remember I was in India. I'd been stupid and was out by the swimming pool. And, uh, you know, I went up to Delhi from Bombay, M M Mumbai. And, uh, and I was there to teach at a Bible school for a week. And I had a day of rest before I was supposed to teach. And, uh, and so I went, the hotel had a little pool and I didn't put on sunscreen and I got one of the worst sunburns in my life. And I was in absolutely agonizing pain. And so they had to postpone the Bible, the, the, the teaching that I had to do because I, I couldn't put shirts on, I couldn't walk. I mean, my skin was bright red. And there's a lot of pain that goes with that. And I remember that the pastor let me stay at his home. And I was in a little loft kind of area, just in agony. I had to put this cream on like 10 times a day and painkillers because I really got burned, like seriously badly burned. And uh, not just a little sunburn, like agony. You can't put clothes on kind of thing on, on my back and my front. And, uh, and so for three days while I was letting my body heal, I was just up there alone, praying, seeking God, worshiping a lot. There's no TV. There's no internet. That was before the days of smartphones or dumb phones or any other kind of phone. And so all I had was a couple CDs and I'd listen to them over and over and, and the Bible. And I remember I just devoured the Bible for 72 hours. I just read for hours and hours a day and prayed for hours and hours and worshiped God for hours and hours while my body was healing. And I remember during, I'll never forget that time, but during that kind of shut away time with God, forced shut away by my own stupidity of, of, you know, getting a bad sunburn. So it wasn't like I was choosing to do that. I was forced into it. But even though I was forced into it, I made the best of the moment. I made the best of the situation. And instead of whining and getting depressed, I sought God. That's what we should be doing in COVID. You know, we've been forced into this isolation, forced into this scenario that we're in. But make the best of it. Make the most of it. Don't waste the time. Press in and seek God. Get natural things done. Finish projects that have been on the back shelf and the back burner for years. That's what I've been doing. Getting organized, getting caught up. But take time with God. Seek God during this time. You might be forced into it, but it can turn into a blessing to you. And I remember during that time on that, on the, you know, uh, kind of sitting on the bed because I couldn't sit back because it was so painful. So I'd just kind of sit on the bed, you know, just without anything touching me and, 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 and for hours a day, you know. And, uh, and I remember during that time, the word of the Lord came to me. And God said, the, I'm telling you, God came up, showed up in that room on one of, the, on one of those days. And he, and he started dealing with me about motives. And he started talking to me. And I didn't know all the stuff I know now, back when I was there. That was 1996. So I was... 
21 years old, not even, I was 20 years old, hadn't even turned 21 yet. So I was young and I didn't know what I know today in, in, about faith and about this and prosperity and all that kind of stuff. But God dealt with me for, for that three-day period about motives and he, and he spent time with me. He knew I was locked and I couldn't go anywhere anyway and he really dealt with me. I mean it, I had a, like I had a holy experience with God. And he, he was talking to me during that three-day period, not the whole time, but part of it, about why do you want to go in the ministry? Because remember, I was just graduated Bible school when I went to India. I was coming back to go into the ministry. It was my mission trip before my launch of ministry. And so he, he dealt with me, why, why are you going in the ministry? What is the reason? What is the purpose? What is the motive of your heart? Is it, is it for fame? Is it for, is it for fortune? Is it, for, is it to be on television? Is it for everybody to listen to you? And, and, and there's a, every, every minister has to go through a motivation purge where God really deals with you as to the motive, as to why you're doing it. And you can get religious in it. I wasn't getting religious, but some ministers can get religious and say, well, Lord, you know, I'll just live in the gutter and I'll be broke because that will show you my motives, right? You can take anything to an extreme and God doesn't want us to do that. But while we know God wants us to us blessed, he also wants us to have right motives on things. And I'll never forget that time in India, in Delhi, in that three days in the loft with the pastor's house where I couldn't go anywhere and I was in agonizing pain while my body was healing. God took that time of isolation and he started to deal with me. And I'll never forget it to this day. I remember crying out to him and I remember saying, Father, I do, and I know a lot more now, but even in my ignorance, I said, Father, I believe, I know that you want me blessed, that you want my life to go well, that you're gonna give me a, a wife. I didn't know Jenny at that point, had never met her, that you're gonna give me a nice home that I'm going to have a, a good life, a healthy life, eventually children. I wanted two girls. God gave me four boys. Praise God. He doesn't always give you what you want. Praise God. But I'm so glad because he knew what I needed and I needed those four boys. But I said, Lord, I know that I'm going to have a good life. I know that, that you're going to bless me. I don't have a poverty mentality because my father's a multimillionaire. My uncle is a multi, 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 multimillionaire. And my other uncle's a millionaire. And I said, Lord, they've I see how the rich live, and I know that you want good things. I see Abraham in the Bible. I see that you give us richly all things to joy. I know you, I'm going to have a good life. I know you're going to bless me because obedience brings blessing. But I said, Father, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of my heart, even though I know it's your plan to give me a good life, my motives about this ministry thing, about being called to preach, I, I, I established it with him that during that three days and I poured my heart out and I said, Father, I know it's not your will for me to be broken, poor and live in a gutter, but I want you to know that if it's required at times, I'll do it with joy. Remember, Paul said, I've learned to be abased and abound. I said, Father, if there's times of abasement, I'll do it with joy. If there's times that there's nowhere to live and I have to sleep in a park, I'll do it with joy. If there's times to sleep in the governor's palace, I'll do it with joy. If there's times for me to be rich as well as times for me to be abased, I'll do it with joy. Lord, my motive in this is to serve you and to love you and to fulfill your assignment and to bring you glory. I know you're going to bless me, but I want you to know I'm not doing it for you to bless me. I'm doing it because I love you and I obey you and I obey you willingly. I know that I will eat the good of the land because you said if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So I know I'm going to eat the good of the land, but I want you to know I'm not willing and obedient 
to eat the good of the land. I'm willing and obedient because I love you. And I know because of your goodness, I'm going to eat the good of the land. But that's not why I'm in this. I'm not in this for a big car. I'm not in this for a nice house. I'm not in this for fame or fortune or anything else. I'm in this for you. And I remember I came out, got to the point where I could put a shirt on after three days, four days. But I came out of that isolation just clean, pure, purged. I had, I had had an encounter with God. I had, I had showed him my heart. I was doing it for the right reason. And there's nothing, I'm, I'll never forget that experience. God often brings my mind back to it and says, son, you're going to eat the good of the land. But remember, you don't do this in order to eat the good of the land. You do this because you love me. You do it, and if you're a base, do it with joy. And if you're a bound, do it with joy. And if you're a base, believe me, to abound. But all the way through, you do it in peace and joy. So I want you to know something, that our motives in this ministry, my motive as a pastor is pure. My motive is right. I've made many mistakes. I've done stupid things in the past. I've, I've not always made right decisions, but not in sexual things and, you know, that kind of stuff. But I'm not perfect. None of you are perfect either. We've all made mistakes. But we're in this for the right reason. We're in this deal. I started this church. I'm in the ministry today, and I'm going to have longevity to the day I die. I'm in it because my motive is right. I don't just want to be blessed. I want to honor him. And in it, he will bless me. And I'm telling you, you got to keep that motive pure. You're not just in this faith walk so that he blesses you. You are releasing your faith for him to bless you. But you're not just doing it for him to bless you. You're doing it because you love him, because you honor him, because you want to obey him. You know you're going to eat the good of the land. You know you're going to be blessed, but you don't obey him for that reason. You obey him out of a pure motive because you love him. And the overflow is the, the, the benefit is that he blesses you. Praise God. It's important you always remember to keep your motives right, especially when it comes to material, financial, blessings, money, increase, wealth. Always keep your motive right. You know it's going to happen. It can't help but happen because it's God's law at work, God's law of prosperity. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat good. You will live good. So you know it's going to happen, but you always go back to, Father, I'm not, I'm not obeying you just so I can be blessed. I'm not obeying you just so that I can have a good life. I'm obeying you because you're worthy of my obedience. No matter what happens in my life, I'm going to obey you no matter what. But thank God, because of your goodness, I know that I'm going to live a good life. It's good to keep that motive pure. And then remember this, as I live a good life, I don't just want to be a selfish person and just hoard and just have everything. I want, Lord, as you bless me in this life, because remember, I'm going to eat the good if I honor you. So as you bless me, my motive is going to do it anyway. But Lord, as I obey you and as you honor me and as you give me the good of the land, as you bless me, let me not just spend it on myself. Let me help others. Let me sow into my pastor, sow into my church, sow into the local vision. Let me send promise of life around the world. Let me bless other individual Christians. Let me bless even sinners. Lord, as you bless me with the good of the land, let me also be a blessing to others. You see, if you keep these, this purity about you, money will never get you. Money will never corrupt you. You're not having the good life. You're not obeying him to have the good life. You're obeying him because you love him. That's why you obey him. And the good life automatically follows. And you don't just, part two, have the good life so that you can 
sit as a fat cat with nothing, no worries in the world. You have a good life so that you can help sow and be a blessing and an, and an aid to other people that need it. Let's keep our motives pure about these things. Then God can trust you with wealth. He can trust you with money because he knows you're doing it for the right reason and that you're not selfish, that you're a conduit to others. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. It's important we talk about motives from time to time because the motives is the secret man of the heart that has to remain pure even through this life that we walk. Well, Father, I thank you. I bless every Christian, every believer, every member of Promise of Life, every regular attender, even if they're not a member yet, every visitor, every new person that may be watching. I bless them. I thank you for them. I thank you for the simple words tonight, but they were under the anointing. You led me to say certain things I didn't plan on saying. That means that people needed to hear it, even though I didn't plan on it. They needed to hear it. So I thank you, Holy Ghost, that you know the audience, you know who's watching, and you know what they need to hear. And Lord, I believe that they heard what they needed to hear by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost through my lips tonight. Thank you that they've received it and that they'll live it. Thank you that we're in this because we love you and we honor you, Father. We're not in it for the good life, although that automatically follows. We're in it because we love you. Then even if we are abased from time to time, because we are in it for you, We'll never be bothered by being abased. We'll never lose our confidence and backslide because we're abased, because we're, did it, we're doing it for you anyway. And then in the abasement, we release our faith to get into abounding. Praise God. And when we're into the abounding, Father, we're going to sow, 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 sow. Even when we're abased, we're going to sow, 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 sow. Because it's not just about us. It's about how you can use us to help others. So, Father, I thank you. I praise you. And I bless them now in Jesus' name. Amen.